Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be looking at a newly released book which is called The Lost Witch and it's written by Melvin Burgess who is a very popular author, winner of the Carnegie Medal and probably also one of my favourite young adult authors. Now when I was a teenager I found a copy of Melvin Burgess's book Junk which is all about uh, heroin addiction and runaway teens and it was just probably became one of my favourite books of my entire teenage years and I've actually read it recently again as an adult and I really enjoy it. It's everything that good teenage fiction should be in my opinion. It doesn't hold anything back, it doesn't talk down to the audience, it really explores its topic in a very emotionally intelligent way. The characters are really good and very quite deep and fleshed out and it's just a really enjoyable story with a lot of pathos and a lot of payoff at the end. Similarly I also really liked uh, Doing It by Marvin Burgess which was a look at teenage boys and their approach to becoming sexually active and losing virginities and stuff because obviously at my age when I was growing up a lot of books I was reading which were aimed at girls were about relationships and sex and love from the female perspective this was probably one of the only ones that I ever read from the male perspective and it was again quite hard-hitting and very unflinching in its look at the ways those relationships unfold and what happens and the misunderstandings and things that kind of go along with that. I also read Lady My Life is a Bitch which is about a girl who gets turned into a dog. Um, I don't remember a lot about that one I don't think I enjoyed it that much but I don't think it was terrible, it was just a book that I only read once and I read Blood Tide which I did not like and felt was kind of fractured and it was sort of a semi-fantasy kind of dystopian novel. Unfortunately that novel is probably the closest one that I had read of his to The Lost Witch and I did not enjoy this book but at all. I had such high hopes as well because like I said I really enjoyed junk and doing it and this is a book that is about a teenage girl and I thought okay well I've read books by Melvin Burgess written about teenagers before and they were really good and the premise of this one was that B, who is the title character, the lost witch, is seeing things that other people can't see and she is starting to question her own sanity and her family is also starting to think that she's a bit crazy but is she crazy or is she actually part of this other world this world of witches and I thought that was quite interesting and I thought what I was in for was a kind of a look at mental health uh, a topic which I thought would be quite interesting tackled by Melvin Burgess but what I actually got was kind of a mess to be honest. Uh, I bought this book on eBay because I just again typed in the word witch and did a quick search and I was really excited because it was Melvin Burgess and I thought okay well this one's going to be good. It's $12.99 in hardback if you buy it and it did come out this year so it's relatively new. The cover is absolutely beautiful. I know you can't judge a book by its cover, but come on, we all do. And it's all silvery and pretty. And there's a lady on the front who looks about 20, even though the main character is 13 years old at the start of the book, which is a bit weird. Anyway, the plot of The Lost Witch is that B goes through this awakening and she starts to see things in the world sort of fairy creatures in the water in the air and the trees 
uh, sort of sprites, elementals, and in the air sometimes, in the clouds, she sees people herding sheep or having a tea party. And this is later explained in the book as being memories which are coming from a dying witch. So when a witch is dying or dies, their memories of their life kind of spiral out and can be seen in the sky by other witches. That's weird and not particularly well explained. And that's a phrase that you could apply for basically the entire book. But there we go. At the start of the book, B encounters some hares, which are being chased by hunters on quad bikes with searchlights. And she opens the car door and one of the hares jumps up into her lap, panicked. And then she thinks she hears it say something. And that's sort of the triggering event that starts off the whole plot and which kind of awakens her as a witch. Speaking of triggering events, I have a long, 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 long list of potential trigger warnings for this book, which are... Underage drug use, underage drinking, underage sex, emotional abuse, sexual coercion and abuse, rape, partner abuse, kidnapping and suicide, uh, contemplation of and mention, which is quite a lot. Obviously, I'd read junk and quite a lot of those would also apply to junk. But I think the way that they are handled in this book was just awful. The actual plot and the way those things come out in it. Are just terrible and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in depth so if talking about that in depth is going to upset you I would suggest stop listening now. B is having kind of a hard time with these new things that she can see. She meets a girl called Sylvis who takes her to her grandpa and they kind of explain about witchcraft because they are themselves witches. She's also romantically involved with some guy she's met at the skate park um, so that's going on and it all seems very teenagery and very so far so standard but then what happens is that B learns that she's being hunted by a group imaginatively called the hunt and they track down witches and they steal the spirits of witches so that they can steal their powers and use them to catch more witches and B is attacked by the hunt if that's the correct word she goes to a hospital for a scan because her parents think that she's mental and they, in the guise of scanning her, put her into a machine which is meant to steal her spirit. At which point she is rescued, in massive inverted quote marks, by her boyfriend Lars, who is the guy from the skate park. And he spirits her off to a house in the middle of nowhere and tells her that he is an undercover agent. He's a witch, he's working with the hunt as a double agent and he saved her because he didn't want her to lose her soul and that he needs to train her to take on the hunt and save her family who have now been taken prisoner by them. Lars keeps her in this house and this is where things start to go slightly wrong because it doesn't feel great. As a reader you can tell that stuff is not going well, he's keeping her isolated, he's acting very strange and emotionally manipulative he's getting her to do things she's not comfortable with to the point where he's taking her out and getting her to steal spirits from other people um, to prove that she can he puts her in a sort of sweat lodge and gives her hallucinogenic drugs to help with her quote-unquote training and later she kind of catches sight of herself but the first time in two years that she's left this house and she's thin and she's got ratty hair and she's wearing dirty clothes. That's all basically just textbook abuse. And then they start having like a sexual relationship and it just gets worse and worse and worse. 
And then she finds out that, oh no, as it turns out, he was actually a double agent for the other side. He still works for the hunt, he kidnapped her, he got her to kill a bunch of witches, he brutally tore down her sanity, abused her emotionally, physically and sexually, and then she gets away and then is put on trial by her rescuers, which is quite a large part of the second act of the book. It's her being put on trial for having been kept as a prisoner and turned into essentially a child soldier. Which is a weird turn for a book to take, especially one that's aimed at young adults. And I get that this is something that could potentially happen. This, not all the witch stuff, but a girl being taken in by a sort of charismatic, older boy and then potentially being convinced into doing things that are wrong and which are illegal. That happens. That's in the news. We all have seen stories about things like that. But the way it's handled is distinctly putting the blame on her as the victim. And I don't think enough blame goes on to the guy that actually did all the bad shit. And none of the adults who she meets up with in the second half of the book when she gets back to the good guys, quote unquote, none of them seem very eager to believe her side of the story or to actually sympathise with what happened to her in any way. And it just reads very strangely. In addition to all that with the actual writing, the characters themselves are all quite flat and not very believable. And the stakes and rules of the magical world that the book is set in are never really explained. Because this is a book that kind of rewrites the rules on witchcraft and creates its own new fantasy realm, it kind of needed to establish some rules for that. And they're not ever really fully explained or laid out in a way that made me confident that they wouldn't just be ignored and different things just kind of crop up as and when they're important to the plot which wasn't terribly believable. There are also quite a lot of typing errors in the actual book itself which I thought was weird for obviously an award-winning novelist in a hardback edition of their latest book to have. So on page 208 of instead of all which is just a typo which should have been picked up on Page 182, there are missing speech marks on some speech, which was quite confusing in the reading. And page 247, there is a word missing. It should say no, as in I know, but it doesn't. And those may not sound like a huge deal, but that is in the space of the same kind of hundred pages. Those mistakes cropped up and I noticed them. And there are probably others that I didn't notice, but three mistakes like that in a published novel for an award-winning writer in hardback that cost 12 is just too many in my opinion. There's also some sort of weird link to Norse mythology. Um, the grandpa character who teaches her a bit about witchcraft is called Odie, which is Odin, but without the N on the end, and he only has one eye, and he's very wise and can see all the different worlds, which is very Odin. His brother is called Locke, L-O-K, which is Loki without the I on the end. And Locke is a trickster like Loki. And then there's Frey, F-R-E-Y, which is Freya without the A on the end. Uh, so not all the names are pulled from Norse mythology, but enough for me to notice. And obviously you can do that. And in Blood Tide, Melvin Burgess's previous novel, there were obviously mentions of Norse mythology. But... There is no mention elsewhere of Norse mythology. It's sort of like, I'm just going to cut the eye off Loki and invent a character called Locke, who is a trickster. And then I'm not going to tie that into Norse mythology or mention Norse mythology in any way. 
So for someone who either knows anything about Norse mythology or has seen a Marvel film in the last 10 years, you kind of know straight up from the beginning who the main bad guy is going to be. And it is the supposedly dead Locke, who, surprise, surprise, is actually Lars in disguise. Because I guess both their names are a similar length and begin with L. That's what gave it away to me. It's just that predictable. You know that Locke is apparently dead and that he invented machines and things and wanted to steal spirits from witches and that he was working with the hunt and then here comes Lars who is quite trickstery in himself who says that he was working with the hunt but only pretend I promise it's just incredibly predictable and the middle section is incredibly drawn out very 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 slowly written and then all of the actual action and ending of the plot, the wrapping up of everything, all the revelations happen in the space of about five pages and it's all rushed together and very confusing. It's an interesting premise, is what I'd say. The idea of exploring kind of child soldier or coercion and manipulation of young girls by a romantic partner which is usually something that you know you sort of see people being taken to prostitution by a charismatic older boyfriend exploring that through the lens of fantasy and witchcraft it's not a bad idea it's quite interesting mixing those two things together could have been really interesting it's just poorly executed and really muddled i think if it, the fantasy element had been left out and realism had been used as with junk and doing it the story would have been a lot more cohesive it would have been a lot easier to understand and it wouldn't have left me with this weird uncomfortable feeling like i've just read something that is wrong and by wrong i mean it doesn't really deal with any of the issues that it throws up it just kind of has all this stuff i mean she's held by Lars for two years over two years during which time he feeds her a steady diet of fear and lies he keeps her away from everyone else he doesn't tell her anything about what's happening to her family whether or not they're safe he gives her drugs he has sex with her he appears in different forms he basically pretends to be other people other creatures and visits her And he gets her to kill for him. But none of that is really resolved. So it kind of builds up this horrible ball of anxiety and fear and a kind of a dirty feeling in you as you're reading it. And then nothing happens with that. It doesn't go anywhere. There's no redemption for the character. It just kind of ends and you're just left there like, oh, what horrible thing have I just lived through? Overall, I found it quite difficult to believe that this book was actually even written by Melvin Burgess who obviously as I said one of my favourite authors when I was a teenager it was so phenomenally disappointing both in terms of like the mistakes that are in it there's sort of random point of view shifts and mind reading Um, there's a kind of shift between an omniscient narrator who kind of pops in and out it just reads like an absolute mess and on top of that you've got the subject matter being twisted around and not generally used very well and not resolved in any good way so it was really disappointing to me i couldn't actually finish it fast enough and i think paying 12.99 for it would have just been the icing on the shit cake so i'm i'm happy that i only paid like two pounds for it online 
it's currently rated exceptionally low on Goodreads. I mean, there have been some pretty terrible books that I've read in my time, but this one currently has an overall rating of 2.6, which is incredibly low. That's out of five. And usually I only see things, you know, between three and four. But yeah, this this has just not been liked by a lot of different people. A lot of the consensus in reviews seems to say that there's a lot of victim blaming which is something i've picked up on as well and also that, that there's a lot of grooming and basically a lot of bad stuff happens to this girl and i'm not averse to that being used in a teen book i think teen fiction should look at sort of darker topics because that can be a good way to engage teens with things that might be dangerous like drugs for example in uh, his previous novel junk but i think it's all in how you handle that and one this is a book that is clearly set up to be about witches the cover is very fantasy the the title as well there's nothing on the surface of it that would warn you if these were subjects that you didn't want to read about or that would be upsetting to you so i think they've not done a great job with that i also think it's how you look at it how you deal with that subject matter within the novel so for example in junk yes it's about teens addicted to heroin but at the end of it they're kind of they've gone through the whole arc of not thinking they have a problem to hitting rock bottom to dealing with it and coming out of it on the other side and you can kind of understand what they've been through and their relationships and how they've suffered because of this just kind of flings a whole load of terrible things that can happen to anyone but specifically to young girls flings them into the plot they happen and then the protagonist is absolutely dragged through hell by the supposed good characters for it afterwards anyway and never seems to get the kind of closure or help that she needs after all of that and i get that that could be seen as a comment on how police and other officials treat victims of rape or people who've been through similar situations but i don't feel that that was clear enough in the actual execution of the plot for me to be certain that it was intentional if that makes sense so overall i would say it's kind of a fail i wouldn't honestly recommend this book to anyone because it kind of fails as being a book about witches and a book for teens or just a book about life in general uh, the writing is quite poor to be honest the book isn't itself very long so i wouldn't say that it was worth the cost and honestly i don't feel that after having read it i am any closer to understanding the reason why it was written in the first place which is not ideal for a book so yeah overall pretty disappointed i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast and as usual you can get in touch on twitter at witchfix and on email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com you can listen to the podcast on Castbox or on YouTube as well if you ever find yourself just at a computer and you don't have your phone with you. And you can also donate to the Patreon so that I can buy hopefully some better books than this one, I have to be honest, which is again just Witchfix. And you can find the link for that in the episode descriptions. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.